Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through 1 Peter, and we've begun looking at this section, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12, where Peter is reminding us of how we are to live with other people, and, and particularly with people that are causing suffering to us. We looked at verse 8 on, let's see, I guess it was Tuesday, and today we're going to take up verse 9 through 12. I had thought that we were going to split these up, but as I've studied them more, uh, I think we need to keep them together in order to make sure we get a right understanding of what's going on. So let me pray for us, and then we'll dive into 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. Father, we thank you for your word, and thank you for the calling that you have put on our lives. And we thank you that that calling comes with the freedom to love those even who are reviling us. We ask that you would strengthen us to do just that. In Christ's name, amen. I'm going to read verses 8 through 12 so that we get the context of all of this and and put it together correctly. Peter writes, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, with the result that you will obtain a blessing. Forever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Well, as we look at this, we we begin to see that Peter is just pressing down on what it means to live in light of the calling that we have in Jesus Christ. And he continues to do this with the passages that follow. This is really what he's driving at in this letter, is helping Christians understand, helping you and I understand, helping his readers in the first century understand the confidence that we can have even in the face of suffering because of the calling of God through the gospel on our lives. Because we have been born to a living hope and to an undefiled, unperishable, unfading inheritance. We need to be careful with these verses because they they can and, and throughout church history have been misconstrued to set up a kind of works salvation. Verse 9 in particular, Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, for to this you were called, with the result that you might obtain a blessing. Now, that's a slightly different translation than what the ESV has. The ESV reads that you may obtain a blessing. And and I I alter that translation in order to highlight a, a key point. Paul, or I'm sorry, Peter is defining here our calling. That's what that last clause, that you may obtain a blessing in Greek, to be a little bit technical, it's a, it's a henna with a subjunctive, and it's, it's defining, in this case, the previous verb, expanding it, helping us understand it, and that previous verb is that we have been called. So it's giving us either the purpose of our calling to obtain a blessing, or the result of our calling, that, again, obtaining a blessing. So it's the, the purpose or result of our calling that is to obtain a blessing. It's not the purpose or the result of our 
actions by which we obtain a blessing. But Peter, at the beginning of verse 9, reminds us that the nature of our calling, because of the nature of our calling, there are going to be particular implications on our life. This isn't a new idea. Way back in 1 Peter 1.15, he says, As he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. And in chapter 2, verses 21 through 23, to this you have been called, talking about suffering, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. There are a number of parallels between those verses and what we're looking at in verse 9. So these imperatives, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, on the contrary, bless, those are imperatives that flow out of the reality of our calling. Our calling by one who is holy, therefore we should be holy. Our calling by one who suffered reviling and didn't revile in return, therefore we should do the same because we have been called. Because we have been called, we will inherit this blessing. And and that certainty of inheritance gives us the freedom to behave in this way. We begin to see this logic more clearly if we bring in verses 11 and 12, or 10 through 12. He goes back to Psalm 34 here to to support his point. And he really just makes the same point using the psalm. Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him return, turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it for... The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Are are we to read this as, if you are righteous, the eyes of the Lord will be on you? I, I don't think so. I think what's being driven at here is we have the freedom to do these things, to keep our tongue from evil, to to. To, to keep from speaking deceit, to turn away from evil, to seek peace and pursue it. We have the freedom to do that because the eyes of the Lord are on us. And, and they're against those who do evil. I, I think we've got to be careful how we read this. It, it's very easy to read this as like, oh, if I go be righteous, then the eyes of the Lord will be on me. But all the construction here can, can be set up in, in a much more gospel-consistent way, in, in a way that's much more consistent with what Peter has already laid out in his letter, that it's because the eyes of the Lord are on us, as those who have been declared righteous in Christ, it's because his eyes are on us that we can do these things. That, that if, if it's life that we desire We don't have to take it by the horns. We don't have to, by any means necessary, go after that life. Rather, we can seek peace. Because life comes from God, and His eyes are on us. So we come back to verse 9. 
where Peter says, and he gives here the the prohibitions that that go with the commandments in verse 8, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. When, When we are acted against in an evil way, when, when we are reviled by someone, spoken against, slandered, humiliated, all of these different things, spoken evil of, made to feel less, when that happens to us, what's the first response of our flesh? I mean, look, for all of us, the first response is to sw- start swinging back. Oh, That's how you're going to speak to me? Well, watch this. I mean, that's just the reality of of how our flesh is going to respond. It's It's going to see that reviling. It's going to see that evil done against it as a threat. And it's going to respond to defend itself. But this isn't what we're taught to do as Christians. Rather, we're told not to do this. And we have the example of Christ. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. And so that's what Peter's calling us to. Because that's how we've been called. That's how the one was who called us. That's the one, how the one was to whom we have been called. That's how the one is in whom we are by faith. So let's think about our lives. Because... As we get on social media, as we talk to people, there's just all this vitriol and, and, and all these, these lies that are being told and, and reviling of each other and evil that, that we're having to deal with. And like, How are we going to deal with that? Peter is telling us as Christians that our response is not to respond in kind. That's not what we're called to do. Rather, he says, on the contrary, bless. Oh, wow. Are you kidding me, Peter? The people that have reviled me, that that have spoken false things about me, that that have spoken false things about me to others, that that have acted in evil ways toward me and, and people I love, You're telling me that that the right response isn't to slander them, or or not even to slander them. You're telling me the right response isn't to, to air what they have actually done, but to bless them? Oh, hardly, hardly does anything in my flesh want to do that. But this is precisely what Peter is saying that we have been called to, and that we have the freedom to do. Because see, the reason we don't do that, the reason we we don't seek peace and pursue it, the reason we don't turn away from evil, the reason that, that we do revile in return is because what we're trying to do is secure ourselves. What we're trying to do when we do those things is make sure that we still have standing, make sure that people know I matter. I'm important. Make sure that people know I won't be treated that way. 
But Peter reminds us that the purpose for which we've been called, the result of, of our being called, is this inheritance. It, the, that you may obtain a blessing is the, the verbal form of the, the, the noun inheritance that, that we're told we have. All the way back in chapter 1, verse 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. What Peter is reminding us of here is the reason that we don't have to revile in return is because God's eyes are on us. Because we have been declared righteous. Because we have an inheritance that he is keeping for us. So all of a sudden, we're free from trying to secure that inheritance for ourselves by getting one over on those who have been evil towards us or reviled us. We have an inheritance. It is secure. That's what we've been called to. Therefore, we live that way. We live as those who have an inheritance, not as those who have to secure one for themselves. So we can turn away from evil. We can seek peace. We cannot revile in return. Because God's eyes are on us. May we rest in that. Amen. Amen.